Hello, and welcome to the Dance of the Soul. I am Natasha Venter, who is someone who can be trusted <laughs> in being in the, because I work with people without any judgment. So on the Dance of the Soul, Regan Forston and I, Natasha Venter, are here to support you. Now, Regan Forston is not here at the second in time because he is very much uh, on the road, I guess, right now. So we're going to see him in his van here in about a couple minutes. But he texted me and said that, you know, hey, I'm running just a little bit late and I will be here. And I said, that's great. So I'm here to talk to you about some soul work here because right now our souls are really awakening up and you know it's one thing that you know when we're working with our souls that we really become in tuned with our life purpose we come into knowing some deeper things and you know our soul is with us when we're walking into this world our soul is with us during the walk of our world and then it travels outside of us when we end up leaving this world. And last week we talked about this a little bit about how our soul works when we're leaving because there's so many people that witness somebody passing and they question so much when that part of the dance is, is happening. Hi, Veronica. My love is with you, my dear. And so with that, that this is going to be on podcasts. And I'm all caught up on my podcast, downloading the podcast. So if you know somebody who only listens to podcasts, please guide them to uh, Natasha Venter and Jell Life Clarifications. Life Clarifications with Natasha. And you will catch all the podcasts. I have some older shows there and I have some recent shows there. So with that, that um, with the wisdom that's going forward and stuff like that, that, you know, I'm all caught up on it. And so this show here will hopefully be loaded up right after the show onto um, the uh, Podbean. but you can catch us on most every podcast. The only one I think I haven't gotten onto is iTunes. I know I'm on iReady or I, whatchamacallit, but I'm, I don't think I'm on iTunes yet because I haven't been able to get through their, their walls that they like to put up. So I haven't been able to work through them. But at the same time, I'm here. We're here. So today we're going to talk about the soul. And, you know, like I just said, that the soul is something that is coming. It's with us as we come into this world. It's been here for many of us for, I don't want to call thousands of years, but thousands of years. Well, would be earth years because years are different in and time is different when we're out in the uh, out in the other planets so with that that you know as we're going forward and managing our life that our soul actually does a lot of work while we're here in the human form because it does a lot of integration it does a lot of um of management of our personality because i believe and i witness my own soul I talk with my own soul quite a bit, and my soul has a personality, which is primarily my me, yet at the same time, my humanness that has gone through experiences tacks on a lot of those scenarios. So with that, that, you know, our personality of our soul grows with every lifetime. 
And that's a kind of an interesting fact too, doesn't it? But at the same time, though, when we're getting to the end of our life, we kind of wonder what happens. And last sh show, last week, I ended up doing a reading with someone that lasted, you know, you know, because it was about the body. And actually, we should probably talk about, you know, one of these times about how the body talks with us and, you know, going through some of those ailments and stuff like that that we're going through. But yet, at the same time, really wanted to talk about how the soul works. Well, we talked a lot about last week to catch up while Regan's not here, that we talked a lot about how when the soul is leaving this body, you know, we talked about dementia. We talked about how in dementia, a lot of times the soul starts separating out from our body. And we all have a kind of, I'm going to call it a tether to our body. It's an energetic tether. And it's kind of like the anchor that a boat might have to, um, to the ocean floor. It might be something like a balloon that's tethered to the ground. And, um, and it's one of those things that as the ground, as we, as we get further away, that rope um, thin, thins, right? Well, as we go forward, well, we have a lot of our soul work and soul dance while we're here. And when our soul's attached, it's very vibrant. It's very alive. And we can, we, we can travel in our nights where we're away and that tether keeps our body to our soul. But when we're um, but when we are in dementia or Alzheimer's or something like that, our, our, the tether gets a little thinner and our soul kind of likes to travel around. It likes to weave around. It likes to do things. And Veronica, when my father-in-law passed, I saw his soul leave his body. It was so beautiful. I knew he was back home. What a gift to witness. Because not everybody sees their soul sees the soul of our loved ones leaving, but I'm glad that your intuitive work is really starting to get you there to where you can witness. And many of us can see that energetic soul leaving. I don't know if anybody has um, seen, like I, a lot of times we watch um, these shows where, you know, the odd things that happen and, you know, um, I forget what it's called, but, you know, where, where, you know, you can see different things from different dimensions and that kind of stuff. Well, there was one time where a deer ended up being witnessed, being videoed, and the soul leaving. And it's just kind of like this whitish fog cloud. And that's how many of us, when we're in the soul dance of our bodies leaving, that, you know, I want to kind of review a little bit of last week because while well, Regan's not here, because he will be popping in. But when our soul is leaving, Many a times our body still goes through the primal primalness of wanting to breathe, wanting to be here. It wants to breathe. It wants to be here. Our mind says, no, I want to keep going. Our knowing wants to keep going because we do in some way value being here. And I can say that for someone who is committing suicide, that many times during the moment of it, they wish that they wouldn't have sad to say, because that part of their primalness, I'm going to call it their primalness. I'm not going to call it their mindset. I'm not going to call it anything else, but their primalness says, I want to be here. And that's the part that screams at us. And so our mind registers that. 
and sometimes it's too late, but yet at the same time, there, there's a part of our mind that says, I just can't be here anymore. There's a part of the, our energy that doesn't want to be here anymore for those who commit suicide. And so that overruns the primalness. And sometimes in that last few seconds, but yet that's not something that we can really judge. And I almost hate that I just said that because of the fact that, that, you know, it is about going home, but there is that you, you hear about people who survive many times um, trying to, to leave this planet. And they're grateful that there is a part of them, the primalness of them that wanted to stay here and it kept them here. They got a new leaf on life. They got a new chance to start over. And as we do that, and so with that, that our, when our soul is ready to leave, there's many a times where we're at peace with it. You know, many of us are at peace with it because we're at that age. We're at that moment. We're at that ache of a family. We're at that ache of, of, of being done with our body, being so sick or whatever it is. And so we're okay with it, but there's still that, when we watch that last breath, there is that struggle. There is that angst that we as witnessing do witness it. But that's not the journey of the soul. That is not the journey of the soul. The journey of the soul is actually part peaceful because it does float away from the body. And that's the thing is, is that we see it. Now, there's sometimes where the soul will stay with the body um, until the very end breath moments that that does happen uh, i know that um my father did the same thing because i had the same thing that you veronica had with my dad passed is is that i was there when he passed in his last breaths and his last moments and he did wait for me to walk in the room he knew his soul his soul and my soul were pretty connected we're in the we're in the same soul family you know we're in, <laughs> in the very eps of it and so with that 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 going forward that, you know, those dances of, of the soul leaving, that it is very graceful when that's happening because the there's that trust of where we're going where some people don't trust where we're going. Now, like my mother, you know, a week before she was passing away from Lou Gehrig's disease, you know, she really struggled with wanting to go. I heard her say, you're not taking me. I'm not going. It's because she saw these people there, these energies there, her, probably my dad, you know, her angels and guides were there wanting her to go. And yet she did not want to go because she fought Lou Gehrig's disease. She did not want to admit that her body was shutting down her. She was fighting it the whole time. You know, there was times where she wanted to keep her old bed because she wanted to sleep in it again when she got healthy. But yet there was that. So with that, that her mind would not hold on to that she was ready to go. And so with that, that, that some of us struggle. And when we struggle, the soul has a struggle with, with leaving. And I know that my mom and the last week, last week that her soul really took a, went away. But it was her logical mind that was struggling with leaving, that primalness of herself, that primalness of where she's going. And so with that, 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 you know, going forward and, and managing that there is a lot of these dances that we have to witness when people are leaving, right? 
But when we're on our journey to go, when we're on our journey as we pass through, we pass through that doorway. Because I know that for a fact that, you know, as we walk into this planet, walk into this world, this body form that we create when we are born from our parents and from our mother, that, um, or the woman that, who gave birth to us in some cases, that, uh, that as we, the soul comes in, that it creates a, an ebb and take of coming and going. When, when the, we're being carried in the womb, right? There's that coming and co going, coming and going. And as we get close to birth, we come. And for me being born, I remember being born, that I remember my soul was in the corner of the hospital room as my mother was laying on the bed on the table ready to have me and the doctor was behind her like kept ready to catch the football me and the nurse was helping getting things ready and you know here I'm watching and all of a sudden whoo, I was in my I was in the belly and then coming through the birth canal right so I remember seeing coming through the birth canal and then all of a sudden um pop I'm out and there I am looking at the doctor's face, round. He wasn't a thin man. He was kind of chubby and, and uh, white mask. You know, it was the 60s, so white hat. You know, it, it was very white and clean and, and sterile hospital room. And so, uh, you know, going forward that I remember that, you know, I wasn't here all the time. I was checking out things. I was listening in. I was looking at. And then, boom, I'm with my soul. And I remember looking through my eyes, seeing my mother. My eyes weren't of a couple days old. It was my soul looking through because I remember seeing seeing my mother as, as I was. And so our soul, as we come in, in awakens. But as it goes out, it does the same thing. It, it, it awakens into the next journey, the ne next birth of where it's going, right? So I'm kind of waiting for Regan here to come in because I think that he would enjoy this part of the conversation is that, you know, as we're going forward and managing that, don't be fearful of what really the body is going through. If you ever witness somebody passing because of the fact that it, it is a very primal thing, it, it not you. And if you see an animal doing the same thing, it's not a graceful moment. It's, you know, a lot of times, you know, when I've, I've been with all my animals that have passed. And as I did that, I watched different, their different paths happen. And a lot of times it really showed me how primal passing was when I watched my animals. Because it is about the body slowing down and, and negotiating that dance. So as we're leaving and I know Regan's going to pop in here any minute because, and he's going to jump in on this conversation. So as the body and the soul are leaving, this the body is shutting down. It's taking its last breaths, right? That as it's shutting down, here the body, the soul is starting to awaken and starting to go on its journey. So as it's starting to go on its journey, no one goes home alone. And I can repeat that only so many times. Nobody goes home alone. I don't care what life you've had. Nobody goes home alone. Now, those that have had a life, and I know I'm repeating some of this from last year, last week and other shows, but when, when we go home, you know, let's say Hitler or somebody who was a murderer, 
Now, there are certain ways that somebody will go home. There is different ways. Like my dad went home differently than my mother and my uncle, you know, the, and my grandparents. So with that, and they'll go home differently than me, you know, because because of the fact that we all live different lives and I have an understanding where I'm going. And so, you know, like my dad had the same understanding where he was going. And so he kind of jumped in. And Veronica, your sister had somewhat of a knowing, so she jumped right over too. She only spent a little bit of time integrating. Uh, partly that was part of the, um, the dance of her illness that she had to integrate in. And so with that, the going forward and, and being where we're at, that, you know, there's this dance of, um, of, of moving into this journey of, um, of being into the other side. So now I'm going to label who can come for you. You got your family members, the same soul group. Like my dad met my mom. I know he did. Um, I can witness that. Now, I wouldn't say that the first time that she was saying, I'm not going, you're not taking me. I don't think he was there because of the fact that he was doing some other work, but because it wasn't her time for crossing over. They were just prepping her, but she was worried about that. So then you have angels, you have guides. Like for me, I have certain guides. You have certain guides. We all have certain guides. So with that, that when we're having our guides, they are here to help us cross over. So we have family members, guides, and angels. We also have like if our star being family, you know, I know that for me, I have some star being families that, that, um, uh, that we are there. And I uh, just, I just, I just connected with some of my old family who are very much uh, dimensional walkers and um, they don't live in one dimension. They live in many dimensions and they're part of my family. And it was so nice that the cloak that I had keeping me from them is now gone. So I can visit with them. So as we're going forward, our soul families come and stay with us. So with that, that knowing who we are and where we're going, I Regan, I'll let you in in just a second, that, that going forward with our dance, that when we are leaving, it is pertinent people. Now, people who are, um, uh, just finishing up this thought here, that when we are leaving now, people like killers and murderers and people who are very much bad people, they have a special group of, I'm going to call them guardians, that will come down and and take them. They will take them and, and give them some insight on why they had that life. Now, the guardians could be angels, their guides, um, guides, special caretakers of those souls, um, because angels have different jobs. And, and it's not always angels. They're, that's why I'm calling them guides. It could be certain energies that will do this, will come and take them. And so now, since Regan is here, um, I'm going to uh, let him come in because we were just at, I was just at that point where talking with, um, with uh, who was going to take you, uh, I thought that Regan would be nice to have you talk about this a little bit too, because I knew you were going to pop in about the same time that I was talking about this. Yeah. Hi, hi there. Sorry I'm late. <clears throat> it's one of those, uh, just one of those days again, have too much on my plate. I hear you. Try, trying to fit it all in. Yeah, so 
this is part two of, you know, what happens where we go when we die, right? Mm -hmm. Well, for those of you, I'll give a little view of my background here. Um, I'm not able to see things like Natasha does, just, you know, completely awake, aware, and can see these images in her mind. Uh, but I'm a, I'm a hypnotherapist and facilitator with the Newton Institute. And what we do to help people see what Natasha sees is uh, help them achieve a deep state of trance. Um, it's, uh, it's easy for the majority of people, about 90% of people can reach the necessary relaxation state. All trance is is being super relaxed. When you're super relaxed, your mind becomes very, very alert. And um, we found out in this process that we do that at a certain point, when you're really, really relaxed, uh, you have the ability to access what's beyond here. Uh, in other words, expand your awareness to the afterlife, to see the images and pictures uh, that uh, Natasha sees easily. So that's for the most of us that don't have her, her ability. So this is just another way of, um, of seeing the afterlife. Now, We've had about 70,000 people do this. And we, as researchers, we, you know, we, we find that um, everybody pretty much has the same experience. That's what makes this real. And it's repeatable. Uh, some people have been there many times now. Um, but what we find out, um, the way we get people to visit the afterlife is to have them go to a past life and visit that, uh, see a few things from that past life. But the main thing we do is to get them to the where they die and when they uh, to their death scene, when they're there, uh, some of them choose to be in the body experiencing it again. If it's kind of traumatic, some of them choose to kind of watch it like above their body in a sense. But once they once they pass away, um, that's where we ask them what happens now. And when we do that, they'll say, oh, you know, an angel's here or my guide's here. Like you were just saying, Natasha, someone, it appears that at least what we found out in our research that when all of us pass away, there's always somebody there to greet us. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's pretty much been confirmed by mediums, psychics, uh, people that have had near-death experiences. They always talk, oh, my, my grandma was here or mm -hmm. uh, a being of light. Or some will say, you know, um, an angel's here or Jesus is here or you know, whatever, mm -hmm. but it seems that nobody dies alone, that there's always somebody there uh, whose job it is to, in a sense, escort you between here. And it's like, not that there's really space between here and there. No, there isn't. Here, <laughs> but for intensive purposes of us humans who think of space and time and that sort of thing, somebody's there to uh, um, escort you to the other side. And so, um, uh, we found out a lot, uh, gosh, in these 70,000 cases now, uh, it's pretty much the same protocol, just like Natasha was saying, someone's there to meet you. Um, uh, but because we do this in a state where over there, they know that my client's not deceased, that we're doing this as a, uh, as a therapy, <clears throat> uh, then it, the protocol may be a little bit different, but uh, the guides will talk through my client to me and I will talk to my client and I'm not sure whether the guides actually hear me. They probably do because I'll say to my client, well, ask your guide this, ask your guide that. And then my client will tell me what the guide says. Um, mm -hmm. But what's very common. I can tell you they do. Okay. 
I think so. Hi, Kate. I got to tell you about, you know, it's just, it's, I just get a kick out of this all the time. When I did my first session um, about six years ago with a client, the client was a medium, just like Natasha mm -hmm. here. And my book of was about that thick of my instructions. And I was going through it page by page to, you know, as I'm learning the process. And um, um, I was getting him to go to a past life. Well, I'm about in page one or two. And then my client speaks up because you're, this is what's weird is that your consciousness kind of splits and you're aware that I'm sitting next to you, but yet mm -hmm. at the same time, you're seeing this other screen and, and experiencing everything on this other screen. Um, and us mediums and, and psychics can do that easily because yeah. we do that constantly. I can be talking to somebody as I have this going on. So <laughs> we're always seeing two screens. Yeah. And, and that's what's interesting. And it seems to be, see, like with Natasha, it's natural. Well, when, when people get in this state, it's natural. You know, mm -hmm. it's just like it, it just switches. It's their true self. Yeah, it's their true self. It switches on. Um, so uh, when that happens, um, um, if, if they've had a hard life when they passed away in this past life, then the, the guide there, uh, or if in this life, you know, my client is having a, a very difficult life, uh, we'll ask the uh, guide if they can go to a place of rejuvenation, like a place of, to recoup. And um, the guides always say yes. And then I, I'll just say one, two, three. Although by the time I say three, my client's already there. And then I have them describe to me what it's like. And that's the highlight of this life between life session for a lot of people is experiencing that, that cleansing, that cleaning. Uh, one client describes, she says, oh, I'm here in this I'm, and there's a waterfall going over me, but it was a waterfall of light, you know, but they described it as a waterfall, you know, but, but in a sense, when they look at it closer, it was all these different colored lights that they were under, like in a pool of this light. And they said, they said, I felt like my body was a billion BBs and I could just feel this light cleaning each one of those, you know, and they did, they go, oh, this feels so good, you know. Um, and I did have one that was interesting uh, last week. Uh, since our last session here, um, where the, like I had a session right after our, our, our podcast actually went for six and a half hours. It was a really long one. Um, but my client, um, uh, found herself, um, there, she found herself, she was there and the person who she was, which was a man in a previous lifetime mm -hmm. were side by side. In other words, she was looking at who she was from that lifetime and that, that person who she was, was, uh, was uh, a cave person. Like, you know, she said it was probably 2 million years ago or something. Mm -hmm. And um, actually what was interesting that was that about that life is we found the source of a problem in her current life. Yes. Uh, by going way, it started long life. So she's had many lifetimes where she's been dealing with this one issue. It was a very sad, very lonely, very, this, this caveman was very ashamed that he let the tribe down. Mm -hmm. And so ashamed that he died of shame, like, you know. Yes. Um, so on the other side, she's with her other self there. And then they were both able to go to this place of rejuvenation. And she stayed with him until he was feeling okay. And then we said to the guide, well, go ahead and take him to the afterlife. And now, you know, we'd like to, because, um, you know, we're here and we know these from this research that there's places people can go. Uh, so we asked him, um, she had a bunch of questions prepared before her session. We said, is, is the council here that she could go before to answer some specific questions? And the guy says, sure. So 
anyway, you know, uh, when you pass away, it's the beginning of another adventure. It's like rejuvenating yeah. from, you know, the issues you have this life, kind of like putting on a clean set of clothes and getting yourself all prepared to go to your back home, you know, to the place where you actually were born. Um, and then um, uh, it's a little different, but pretty much people go to like a soul group get a welcoming home from these other souls mm -hmm. that they incarnate with regularly. Oh, I've, I've seen some from the, especially like <laughs> if I get, have a session from like the Hispanic families. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The parties that I see going on when those people go home, the, yeah. there, a lot of them are soul families. And, and there's a lot of times where our, we keep going back into the same um, soul uh, ethnic group too. So we can spend many times in the, you know, in the Asian, you know, you know, and I'm sorry if I'm using the wrong terminology here or the Hispanic or, yeah. you know, the, the over in the Northern Europe, you know, there's these, you know, we find our comfort zones. And, and I want to say, Katie, um, we're going to, I will talk to you about this, but I'll do it at the end of the show. And I apologize for it. We're going to keep on this conversation for right now. Um, so with that, that I just wanted to mention that while she was Is that watching. Kate from last week? Yes, 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 oh, yes. Oh, super. She's back. Yes, it's yes, awesome yes. She's and listening again, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll so, take care of you, Kate, just towards the end. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so with that, that um, as we're going forward and, and, you know, going there, that, you know, many times, you know, that's the thing is, is that there's sometimes where, like for me, I've popped in quite a bit. You know, I, I spend a lot of time in a body. It could be in um, soul, um, in in star beings. It could be in um, it could be in this human form body. It could be wherever. I've even spent time on this planet as an angel. <clears throat> so with that, that that there are times where I have been on this planet doing the work of of certain situations. And, and I know that, um, that for me, a lot of times when I do do my soul work, I'm purposefully here, you know, I'm, I'm here to do a lot of good for the earth and the, and a lot of good for this planet. And so I think that's why sometimes I do pop in and out very quickly is that I do a lot of that soul work. Yeah. The paradigm shift that uh, we have to make when all this research is realizing that we're not created in the womb. You know, uh, we're created before that, like our true home is in heaven or on the other side. Mm -hmm. And uh, people that are in trance, uh, almost universally, they'll say, OK, I want to go home. You know, I mean, when they're in trance, like they, like they when they get to their soul state, they know is I want to go visit home or whatever. You know, and they say that those words I want to go home, you know. Um, so um, main thing, you know, when we pass away here, it's just like leaving the stage, going behind, you know, taking a bow. Hey, that was really something, you know, or like, what did I, <laughs> why did I do that play? It was so hard. You know? Exactly. We go backstage, uh, which is going back home, you know, and the other actors that were with us in the play are the other people that we interacted with, you know, we're all taking a bow. Everybody goes back home. Um, and then uh, plans their next adventure, mm -hmm. you know, and it's just like a play. Like I did plays, um, you know, as an actor for years and um, everybody's got a next project lined up, you know, like they're going to leave one play and some person's going to take off to New York to do something. Another person says, I've yep. got enough for now. And, you know, 
and other person's just going, wow, I can't wait to come back and, and do, you know, a sequel to this or something. Exactly, exactly. And that's the way that our, our souls go when we cross over is that, you know, we kind of pop into what we've been doing before, or there might be something that we've learned in this lifetime that adds to what we were doing. I know that for me, when I've talked to my dad, who's crossed over, and I he he did, he was doing the, some of the same work, he was of service. So he is of service here on this planet this lifetime. He was a chiropractor. He was able to do a lot of um, work. He did applied kinesiology at the very beginning of his practice. He In the 70s, he was one of the first doctors in the state of Washington that did applied kinesiology. And so he knew it very well, and it was very attuned to him. And so when he goes up and, and it, you know crossed over, that he he ended up being of service and he's a guide for many people he's a guide for me and he does a lot of um of service work with um oh how do i label it dad uh oh he helps join groups together so that they can get of service so he's a connector he he, he Thank you, Dad. Um, he he does the the um, the connections. So, like, if you're looking for a doctor, he he's one of those that can bring you know people together. Hey, have you heard about this doctor and try them out or or that kind of thing? And so he's a connector. He doesn't do that for the whole world, but he does do that for certain groups in an area. You know, family members. You know, other other soul groups that he has worked with. And so with that, that, that he, um, he does that, you know, quite well. Cause I know that for me, he even brought me this house. So, he, you know, he knows how to connect certain people with certain things. And so when we go on the other side, we do have certain jobs. And then when we pop back into this lifetime again, in another physical body, we have choices to do certain things. And sometimes when we choose to do certain things, our family members and our life experiences when we're young don't always forfeit for bring that forth in what they're doing. Like for me, I always knew that I was supposed to be a counselor type person. And it took me until my parents passed away and I decided to get out of my shy box and become who I am today. And, but it, but I came in very vibrationally challenged. And so, um, that scenario happens where those um that i i um but i was meant to be who i am today and i've done this in other lifetimes too yeah you know um one question people ask me or that comes up a lot of times is when when people pass away do they hang around for a while you know or do they just go they're just in heaven then um it's different from soul to soul but and um, it is it's it's very, very much common so. it's very common for them to hang around for a while especially mm -hmm. if some of the loved ones are having a difficult time in uh you know in in their grief you know mm -hmm. uh and um so what i do when um when i take someone help them get to a past life before we go to the afterlife but anyway so they go to a past life they see themselves pass away and then I'll say, okay, let's take a look at your funeral. And then one, two, three, you're at your funeral. And they're above and they're just telling me who's there, where they're being buried, how their body's being, you know, taken care of or whatever. And then I'll say, um, are you ready to go home now? Or do you, need to do you need to stay around for a while to comfort anybody? And about half the time they say, oh, I need to stay here for a little while, you know. 
So I'll say, okay, I'm just going to be quiet as a facilitator. You go do what you have to do to comfort those who you need and tell me when you're done. And because there's no time and space, it might only be a minute or two. And then uh, they'll say, okay, I'm ready to go home now. And mm -hmm. then I'll say, as researchers, we ask, well, what did you do? How did you, how did you comfort that person that was in grief? <clears throat> the most common thing they did is they inserted themselves in somebody's dreams. Mm -hmm. You know, because people are more receptive that way. Uh, like people have a lucid dream, you know. And it could be a, the, the person could be having a, a, a nonsense dream. And but it seems like souls, our soul energy has the ability to kind of put ourselves in people's thoughts in their in their dreams. Yep. Uh, that's the most common way. Uh, but um, sometimes it's a matter of their scent or maybe mm -hmm. they maybe there was a certain perfume that they wore, the women wore or cologne the men wore or something mm -hmm. like that. And sometimes they can manufacture th that. You know, because they'll say, I remember this one client says, well, my daughter was in, grieving and grieving and I was able to get my scent there. And I saw my daughter look around and go, mom, that's you, isn't it? Are you, you're okay, aren't you? You know, yeah, that was all the daughter needed, you know, yep. to know that and that helped, you know, helped with the grief process. Again, as I mentioned many times on here, there's a it's called Surviving Death. Um, it's on um, Netflix. And um, there's uh, it's about four or five, or, you know, four or five episodes. And in one of those, it's uh, people talk about the different ways that their relatives talk to them from the beyond, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, and um, the one that was the uh, that was the most miraculous was this. Um, the person that died had a thing about dimes, collecting dimes, you know, things like this. So the, the family went to a like Hawaii or someplace like that to, to try to deal with their grief, to try to relax, to whatever. So a couple of the kids were in the ocean and one of them is put their head under ocean. There was a, a dime spinning in the wave, you know, and, and, they, and they, you know, grabbed the dime and ran out. Mommy, mommy, there's a dime. You know, uh -huh. Like, okay, what is that? Like about a 10 billion to one, you know, of that being a coincidence, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but it followed up with a few other things that had to do with dimes. Yeah. Um, Kate you know, said that they, she watched Kate said that she watched it and it was a very interesting show. Um it, yeah, it it sounds like a very interesting. I know I've had experiences like that. Like when my fa father passed, you know, we had a, a a clock in the in the middle of uh, of the room and whenever I looked at it the door would be open. But, you know, there was a latch. It was an old style phone uh, so that the when the pendulum would spin, you know, tick back and forth, there was a little door that you could get it to fix it. Well, the latch, instead of falling down, you know, because, the you know, if, if you walked across the floor, it'd go fall down and then the door would open up. No, it was turned up and opened. So how can it go up? When nature yeah. puts it down. So my, and my, and then I had another lamp that um, the light bulb would keep burning out. And so, because it takes power for these energies to be around us. And that's the thing is, is that there's so many times I see um, loved ones standing right behind someone. You know, when I'm doing my mediumship, that they're yeah. standing right behind them and they actually want to put their arms around them and hug them, you know, or they want to, or they want to, you know, put their hands on their shoulders, but they're afraid of scaring their loved one. Yeah. So when I do my mediumship, I, I walk behind, I say, can I show you what they want to do for you? 
and then I do what they want to do. And they say, now when you feel that, that is your, that is your father's doing this for you. That is their mother. And the one thing I want to state right now is, is that there's so many people that have complicated relationships with their family members or certain people on this planet. And they wonder why, or they, and us humans who are still alive, keep that kind of um, feeling about that relationship, if it was a negative one. Well, when we cross over, we get a different understanding. We go through the, ah, I get it nows when we cross over. And so a lot of times when somebody was angry, a really terrible father, they were really, they could have been somebody who was um, very, um, they could have been abusive. But when they cross over and time, I'm not saying like it's exactly two months because Katie, you asked a question about certain things about time. It's not about two months. It could be three months. It could be six months in our timing. But over there, it could be a week, you know, in the way that it integrates. But sometimes when we're very angry or we have a lot of detrimentalness to our our lifetimes, it does take us a little bit longer because we're more 3D in this world. It seems like the more that we're 3D, we're more um, stuck in being human. It takes us a little bit more stretch and pull to cross over. And then we spend a little bit more time on the other side going through our experiences and lessons and witnessing why we did certain things. And there's a little bit more schooling, more refreshing, more, what's the word? Um, de- not detoxing, but um, it's when, when you have to go back from something and you, and you talk about um, what you did. Um, it, it's to debrief. You're, you're debriefing. Yeah. You know, you get a debriefing and some people when they're more 3D, it takes them a little longer to debrief on the other side. But I can tell you that, that, you know, an example would be a father who was very um, detrimental and very abusive within time. And it and it, I know it's within six months um, that usually they don't they are more apologetic, so apologetic for who they were. And they want to heal that because they get a different vision of why they were doing that way. And I can tell you a lot of times it's not because they wanted to, it's because that's what they grew up in. That's the way that they, that's the way that they, they, they were so, they were in such a human situation being young that they didn't know how to do different as they grew older. Yeah. And then, and a lot of their anger and angst was that they had a part of them that said, would you freaking stop doing this? And yet they couldn't stop doing it. And so they were angry with themselves and then they got angry with those around them. And it was this, this, this battle inside their heads, you know, what can I do? Where can I go? And, and so when they go on the other side, they get that 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 scenario. I want to get it, say cleaned up energetically, but it's us that hold on to that. And that's when I'm doing those mediumship sessions. A lot of times I do heal those scenarios for someone because there is language that comes across so that us humans, children can understand a little bit more what our parents went through. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's different. It's like this transition, there's like a transition period for some people. Uh, and, and see what I do, of course, is my clients aren't actually dead. They're having like a, a near death experience without having to have the near death part. So I believe that's probably going to be a little different than when someone actually dies, that there'll be a slightly different protocol. Like somebody will meet them. I'm guessing that they'll probably have like a life review um, 
you know, when my clients are before the council, usually they're usually asking questions about their current life, about their, uh, you know, their mission. Why do they decide to be born? Why are certain people in their life? Why are they having a hard time dealing with certain people? You know, mm-hmm. and why are they having a hard time learning some of the lessons that they came down to learn? So I'm guessing, and I, I haven't asked, but that would be something I could have my clients ask if we're researching here, that when someone actually dies, how's the protocol different? Because, you know, I, maybe Natasha, you probably know more about that. I'm guessing they go through like a life review and, uh, and then they, you know, and then they have to decide, um, you know, where, where, where to go in heaven from there, whether they're going to just take a time out for a while or, Mm-hmm. You know, and and, it, 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 and I'm going to use the word, um, uh, it's not, it's, it is a life review, but it's more of a debriefing. It's more of a talking yeah. through. It's more of a, you know, what, what, how do you feel about this? It's more, it's gentle. It's a gentle review. It, it's never harsh. It, it's always grace and love and, and commitment and, and that kind of thing. And, you know, so you know, and then it depends on what kind of life we've had. Depends on if we want a little bit more time on the other side to go into the the white light of love and heal our souls from what we're doing. Because there's many times when we've had a very hard life, when we were abusive or we were abused or we went through a traumatic um, scenarios that or, you know, the alcoholic that's an alcoholic their whole life, you know, or drug induced or something like that. Sometimes it does take a while for that soul. It's kind of like a baby coming in. Let's say if the mother is, um, is, um, struggling with, with drugs and the baby when they're born has that influence, it takes a little while for the drugs to get out of the, the, the body of a baby. And the same thing kind of goes with the soul a little bit, that it does take that detoxing of, of life and being in love and light over there. Cause it's nothing like our love and light over here yeah. that, that it does. And, and, um, and that's one thing that it, sometimes it does take a little bit longer for, for, one to come back through and want to be human again because they are wanting to have that refreshing kind of get back in the routine of what's over there. How can we do the work? Um, my dad has taken a little bit longer cause I asked him to, he, I asked him to wait until, you know, one of my children had babies. <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen now. And I, sorry, dad, but you know, I'm going to, you know, but he, you know, we have such a soul connection that, you know, it, it, it's important it's almost like me having a cat, you know, it's just so important that we're connected in some fashion. But Katie asked the question, and I think this is very um, poignant right now. Um, Is there no negative or bad feelings on the other side? Then is there truly such thing as a bad soul? Hmm. You know? Okay. So there is, negative and bad feelings over on the other side. That is part of the debriefing. That is part of the um, negotiation of our souls awakening again from being in the phys- with the physical body. It's not in the physical body. It's with the physical body. Um, I almost picture my soul being my body being the skeleton of my soul. <laughs> you know, so the soul doesn't fit into our bodies. We fit 
into our souls. Um, and so with that, that um, from my truth, that when we do have bad feelings and negativeness, it's usually that process of going from this, this body to light and love. And it's that transformation. And that can stick around for, I'm going to say, maybe a year in, um, in our time terminology. Over there, it's not the same thing. Like when I was pregnant with my child, um, I was born, uh, my, my son was born six weeks after my dad passed. And so that six weeks was a lifetime for them to spend time together. Um, but it's six weeks on this planet um, for me and, and the baby being in my womb. So, but there are, I'm going to say that I can't really say that there's bad souls. I'm going to say that there's attachments because there's, there's light and there's dark. So there's attachments that come in and can attach to a soul once they are on this planet and they can become bad because that's that attachment, that devilish, I'm going to put quotation marks around quotation, you know, the devilish, the bad can attach to that soul and make that soul bad. Now yep. there is some place that is called darkness where there are bad entities. There are bad energies, but I'm not going to call it the soul that is around us humans. It ha it's different. Now there are negative souls. Like let's say I had to clear um, a property, help clear a property where there was a bad soul that was attached to the human form. He was a bad dude in this human form and he ended up being a soul collector on this planet. Yet when we asked the angels and we did the physical work, the soul was able to be taken away and he went into a special, I'm going to call it schooling, <laughs> debriefing or something to, um, to um, negotiate um, so that he can get clean of this soul's walk, of his soul walk on this planet. So yeah, there's, I, go ahead. Well, I say I generally, at least in our research, and I'd like to, I'd like to uh, even find out more in the research about this, you call bad souls or something. But in general, what we found out is that instead of calling them bad souls, they would be good souls behaving badly. Yes. You know, it's like a man that has anger management issues. There's so many men in this country that have done such horrible things. They're actually, they're actually good men. But yes. they're behaving badly because they don't have the skills. They haven't learned how to deal with emotion. They haven't learned how to deal with rejection and that sort of thing. Uh, and so it's a, in a sense, um, uh, you know, people come down here and, and behave badly. Uh, but then a lot of them are able, you know, that's part of the, in a sense, their karma. They come down as a, um, you, you know, where, where they haven't learned certain lessons and through life, hopefully, they go more towards the light instead of the dark and they, you know, they, they switch around. So, um, but in the, in the space where they're allowing my clients to go to this part of heaven, mm -hmm. we have not found any things such as only love and light. We haven't found any evil or negativity, anything bad. Um, but it does seem that uh, on a certain, like you figure an elevator 
where they're letting my clients office at a high enough level where none of that exists. But I, I do think at some of the lower levels, like where we're in right now, and there may be a, like a, some people call it a lower astral or something, whatever, um, you know, uh, floor not, you figure 10 levels up is complete heaven and we're on one right now. Well, maybe at two or three, there's some of that, but there's a point where you get above that, you know? So, mm -hmm. um, um, well, you know. who I've worked with, who I've excreted even from my husband while he was drinking years, um, there, there is darkness out there and I have been able to, to, because of the light that I have, and I can tell you that when I have seen that darkness go away, it's gone down. It goes down. I'm not saying down into the planet, but it goes down. You see, it goes down like I see, you know. It, it doesn't go up like light goes up. It goes down. They take them down. Like in the movies, you see where the, um, where the scary movies where these, um, these, and then they take them and then they go back down through the floor. Yeah. In a way, that's true. <laughs> And so with that, and, and I, you know, it's not necessarily that these soul collectors and stuff are just going along and, and going like a, um, like a street cleaner and, and collecting souls, Katie, don't worry about that. But it just happens where sometimes when, let's say people who um, like souls go with like souls, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes soul collectors, they're, they're just there in a, in a small, like the, it was in a house. And so if somebody passed away in the house, they had an opportunity to, to leave with light, or if they were hesitant and stick around, then the soul collector would just say, Hey, stay here. This is a lot of fun. And it was, it was kind of interesting being in that house. It was quite, it was, I slept in that house. I woke up to a, a, a soul drunk in the closet because he was so happy and partying all night because this energy of keeping this cloud over this house was finally gone. <laughs> it was actually humorous to wake up to this drunk saying, Oh, thank you so much. You know, but these are, these are, I'm going to call it low level spirits. They've been stuck on this planet for a long time. So in a way, for lack of a better word and, and back, be, lack of better, um, uh, conversation about it that they they still are a lot like in their human form and and they haven't lightened up to be of light love and energy so a lot of you have an opportunity whenever you're going home to go with the angels yet at the same time many of us have free choice we still have free choice when we're stuck with the body in a way and so there's some of us in when we're stuck in a lot of fear, and this is a lot of the older style, you know, back in the 80, the 800s, you know, the 1800s, and a lot of the times when we were, when we didn't know better to do better, those are the souls that would stick around a little bit more often, or when you're drunk, you don't realize that you died because you were drunk, or there was this, the scenarios that happened that you kind of, just float around and you don't know. And so it's, it's an interesting, um, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. And, and so Sue, you just asked this question when my mother was mentally ill, would she have attachments? And I'm going to ask, yes, 
is that statement with her. I'm not going to say that's a cliche statement, but yes, with her, she did. And that's the thing that's so, that's, a, that's the interesting fact that every soul time we're here, we have different scenarios. That ha I've had soul attachments. You know, me who does light work, I've had soul attachments. And then I was like, why am I so grumpy and angry? Uh, oh, oh, get the hell off of me. <laughs> and I did my work, you know, because that wasn't my true self. And so we can tell when those attachments are around us. And, but yet, you know, it's because we're a little bit different in the energy field. So don't go into fear because fear is what attaches um, negative energies to us. So don't go into fear. I know because, you know, we're talking about this. So a lot of people are, you know, that could bring up fear in a lot of people. But what I found is that we don't. have total, um, you know, we have total, what do you call it? In other words, we don't have to worry about fear because it's, I think even in the Bible, it says, uh, there's a quote says, you know, devil, get behind me, you know? Yeah. It's like, you know, and it's like light always wins out over the dark. And it just That's why I've been able to do the work with dark beings because yeah. I walk in with my team and we say, get hell out of here. Right. Yeah. So don't, you know, don't freak out or, I mean, I've in the work that I've done in the, in the uh, thousands of sessions that, the, that we've done to the Newton Institute, we really can't say as we've, you know, run into negativity. Uh, mm -hmm. If we do, it's just generally, it's um, sometimes people's preconceived ideas before, you know, if they've been really trained that the devil's in every corner and then they do this uh, session when they're first, in a sense, expand their awareness, some of them, will think, oh, they'll get scared over something, but then we calm them down, have them look at it more carefully, and they they find out that it's nothing, that it was just something, you know, in their from their uh, earthly programming, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but what I can say, because we just have a few more minutes here, is that, um, you know, dying, just like birth, dying is just a natural process. I mean, there's a way we come in and a way we go out, and it's all um, orchestrated in such a beautiful way. That there's, um, except for missing the personalities of people that we love when they pass on, um, this is just a natural process. And it'll be, everybody describes it as it's just, it was really fun being in that play. But now that play has come to a conclusion. You know, the last chapter's been done there. So there's no reason to hang around anymore. It's time to go back home and then to go into a new play. Um, <clears throat> when people get the other side, one thing we found out too is they have a choice. Uh, mostly, at least the people we've, that we've dealt with, um, whether they want to come reincarnate again or they want to take a job doing something else. Um, <clears throat> there's <coughs> as many jobs as are here on Earth, multiply that times about a million. And that's how many jobs there are on the other side with souls. You know, so many like behind the scenes things to do uh, mm -hmm. <clears throat> that uh, souls do. It's like everybody working as a team to help god evolve or to help us mm -hmm. as god beings evolve we still don't know what that's all about whether it's it's this god energy that's still trying to perfect itself in a way through us <coughs> or it's it, called it, evolution i don't i don't want to i don't want to label it more than it's it's called evolution it's like an evolving of love yeah you know, exactly to, to you know to be because as we're representatives of because we're made in God's image up there. We're all energy, God's energy. So 
that's where you know God made us in our image and our true self. Yeah, we're all these we're all these little particles of God, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense. So we're the, <clears throat> in the, like a uh, what do they say in a DNA molecule represents everything in our body, you know, or something, you know, every cell or something can, mm-hmm. you know, that's kind of how it is with, uh, we find out with God, but nothing to be afraid of. It's all good. It's, it's, uh, you know, and uh, we talk about grief many times on here. Grief is just another learning process of, of, uh, letting okay. go and of, of feeling deep love, you know, um, uh, grief is just unexpressed love. So, um, you know, if you have loved ones that are going or something, I just know from our research and what what uh, um, <clears throat> Natasha does here, we everything's okay. You know, everything's just as it should be. It um, is. It is. So to so Katie asks, um, so death shouldn't be something that we fear. I wouldn't say that death should death shouldn't be something we fear, but fear is part of the natural process of death. Yeah. It is the natural process of death because it is about closing the door to this physical body. I don't know of anybody who hasn't had fear of the process of death, but should we fear death? No, we should not fear where we're going. We know that, I mean, we should know that we are going to light and love. We're going to the home. We're going into the arms of love. We are very much, our soul is going to the arms of love. But fearing death, that's a tricky question because our physical body, our physical mind will fear death. It's a natural process. But our souls know we're going home to love and we should not fear that. Yeah, most people at the time of death, uh, I was thinking of the story of um, the comedian who used to be called the Screamer. I forget his name, but about 15 years ago or something, he was in a Corvette and racing somewhere in Nevada. I mean, you know, going too fast on the highway, his friend was following him. He got in an accident and he's laying there and his friend's holding him. And at first he's like, I don't want to die. I don't want to die, you know. And then there came to a point where he looked up at his friend and says, it's okay. I'm okay. Uh-huh. Because he felt the love. He felt he and felt he knew it was going to be okay and he passed on. So th- that's that's a, that's a kind of common. You'll see that with a lot of people that they get to a point, especially elderly people, and they're just ready. You know, there's just a point where they just, Sam Kennison, thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Veronica. Yeah, Sam Kennison. Right, you know, yeah. That's that story about that, you know. And many people have had stories about their, their parents have been in the hospital bed or something, and they'll just look up and smile. And, and all of a sudden, it's, it's all it's okay. okay. Mm-hmm. Or they'll say, oh, mom's here, dad's here, or something like this. And then yeah. they peacefully pass, and that's kind of how it is. Um Anyway, Just like people to... who have near-death experiences, they have yeah. to be willing to come back. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's an interesting. And it's walk. hard for some of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it really is. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna check out right now because I have a five fifteen appointment that I'm sitting next to, and uh, I've got about twelve minutes <laughs> to get in there. <laughs> so sorry, yes. I was. Uh, so Katie, I'll I'll stay on for a few minutes to clean up the show. Okay, but... can wrap it up with them. Yes. And, um, but thank you, everyone who watches now and watches later. I am I am just so grateful that um, we're getting more and more watchers, Regan, yeah. um, coming. And so uh, yeah, I will your connect. Friends, you know, join yeah. the discussion. Exactly, exactly. So blessings to you, Regan. We'll talk to you later. Okay, see you, Kate and Veronica and, and the other people that are watching. And Sue, yeah, for right now. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye. So...
with everybody sticking around, thank you very much. So Kate, um, you know, I want everybody to say thank you very much. And I hope that when we, uh, when we talked about this, that it wasn't about to set fear, it's about to set knowing. So Kate, if you if you, if this triggered some of your fear, check in with that because it's not about setting fear. It's about setting knowledge and knowledge produces more stability in what we know. And that's what Regan and I are here for is just to set up stability into knowing that we're going to be okay. And me being a psychic medium who, um, like I love, um, Sue, you came up with this demand, uh, this definition for me and I love it. And, you know, I'm a, a bridge between dimensions and worlds. I see them. I know them. I work with them. And so with that, that I'm not afraid to work with darkness and I love working with love because that's who I am. And so with that, that, um, uh, uh, thank you, Katie, for saying that. So, um, uh, so let's see, Kate, uh, Sue, you said, um, thank you. Um, I know my mother was cocooned in, in love as she crossed over. She had a lot of work to go through. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing is, is that, um, uh, you know, that there is that work that we have to go through as, like I said, that, or we both said that when we have a troubled life, we have not necessarily a trust, trouble crossing over, but we can. But when we get over there, the debriefing, the the conversations, the love that is we're held in gets negotiated with, and we, we get that process to do. And, and that's, the, that's where holding love for those that are passing over as much as our fear is, is, is hit and, and, and checked in with that sometimes that when we can cross help our loved ones by saying it's okay. Like I told my mom before she crossed over, mom, it's okay. You're crossing over into love. And I want you to know that I'll be okay. We'll be okay please go. You're in so much pain. I love you so much. And I, I said other things like not necessarily in that language, but at that time that I, I, I asked her to go because of the fact that she was in so much pain and, um, thank you. Love that definition. <laughs> thank you, Katie. So with that, that, um, Katie, you asked a question at the beginning. So Katie, you, um, I really want to answer your question, but the the threads that I see with you, um, because you were talking about how you got your blood test back and it was it was normal. And last week you asked about it, and I get, I sensed that there was a dis ease in your body, and I'm still gonna go with that. There are some things that I can talk to you about if you set up a session, because I see that there's some past lives and some DNA work that we can do together that will help clarify you. Um, I've been doing a lot of wonderful work with going into past lives of our DNA and healing some of our physical body. And then I can go into past lives like Regan was talking about going into past lives of, of things that were happening. And so I can do both of that work and I can create, help you create some healing work. And I feel like you're in this kind of plateau of, of some scenarios that are coming on, but it's too private to talk about here on this session in, in, um, in this. So with that, that if you'd like to set up a session, um, angelicclarifications.com, I work with you. I know that you're over in Europe, so I can work with you at a different time zone. Uh, and if you can't see a time zone that will work with you on my website, email me at Natasha at angelic clarifications, Natasha at angelicclarifications.com and I can help you out with that. Um, 
to bring, uh, wow, I didn't know, I didn't know that it was possible to bring um, DNA. Yes, yes, exactly. Um, uh, well, that's being persistent with a, a doctor to, you know, there's that fine line. I'm not a doctor, will not be a doctor, but I have insight that doctors don't have. And so with that, that if you want to keep going on with the doctor, please do. But I also know that there is some healing work that I can do with the DNA and with, um, with past lives. So there is a difference between DNA past lives, family members that were before us in our on our um, family line. And there is our soul's past life that we can go into and do some healing work because our soul can carry some, um, some scenarios of experiences that we need to clean up. And then our DNA has situations that we need to clean up. Like colon cancer was running in our family. And I went back through some DNA work and cleared up the um, ache in the colon at that time. Now, I will know when I'm passing away at that age of maybe a hundred, if the work I did really helped yet at the same time, though, I know I have because I am healthy and I can tell you that with my body, how it reacts to food that doesn't agree with me, it wants to eliminate it right away. So it doesn't hold on to it. So with that, um, so Katie, being that you're over in, um, over in Europe, um, if you want to email me, Natasha at AngelaClarifications.com. And if that's anybody who's in a different time zone, um, you can email me and I will figure out a time that we can work together. Because uh, I know that there's like about, what, seven, eight, ten hours difference between us. I work with, um, I have some friends over in Europe. So with that, blessings to you all. I do hope and pray that this conversation, and we may have a part three on this conversation because it seems like souls that want to stick around might be a good conversation to have, or I might just have this on, on Wednesday. So, um, uh, uh, cause I feel like I can maybe have this conversation more, um, on Wednesday. Actually, this is the conversation I'll have on Wednesday. So Wednesday, I'm going to continue this conversation about souls that stick around and attachments. Souls that want that stick around on this planet and attachments. So that's Wednesday's show. Four o'clock Pacific time. Um, same station, same avenues. Um, the only one I might be on is Instagram in addition. So with that, that when we're going forward and managing our life that we don't have to fear things things can be fearful but we the more we fear them the more control they have over us so with that as i love to do house clearings and i love to help people with energies around them and attachments and things like that i would love to help you with those things so blessings to everyone and thank you so much. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. You're more than welcome, Katie. So with that, so sorry for the short answer here, but your, your answer to your scenario is not a short answer on video, <laughs> except for on Zoom. <laughs> so blessings to all. And please like, share, um, and, um, and, uh, and uh, subscribe if wherever you're at. And if you know somebody who can use this channel, if you are knowing someone only listens to podcasts, 
I am up to date on downloading all the shows that um, that I could onto my platform, which is Life Clarifications with Natasha. And it's on most all platforms. And this show will be on um, hopefully here in the next few minutes. So blessings all to everybody. Uh, I really know that this full moon that we're under is a twister and a turner. So please know that if you are emotional, my mantra this week is I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be alive. So with that, this mantra is going to be, and I'm going to start putting them out on Monday nights because Sunday is night is a big download for talking about this show. So Monday nights is the mantra night. So Monday night tonight, you will be hearing. I am grateful to be alive. And if you say it three times, um, three times, I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful to be alive. Whenever you say that, when your mind is quiet, when your mind is um, angry, when your mind is fighting, when your mind is hungry, when your mind is busy doing other things and it's spinning, I'm grateful for my life. So blessings all. Have a great night. Bye now.